Welcome to each and every one of you who have connected in today to my question and answer session. I'm Robert Rogers, founder of Parkinson's Recovery. We launched Parkinson's Recovery in 2004 to provide support, information, and resources to individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. For the past week, I have been requesting that if you have a question, send it in, and I will research it, think about it, meditate over it, and then provide a response. This is the third in a series of Q&A sessions that I have held. It looks like by the list of questions that I have to respond to, I won't be able to actually go through the entire list, so I will schedule a follow-up session tomorrow if I do not get to your question today. First question comes from Joseph. What are the best techniques to reverse Parkinson's? It's a pretty general question, and of course, as many of you are well aware, there are many, many, many different factors that can contribute to the symptoms, that can cause the symptoms, which of course is one of the focal emphases that we have in the online and the live Jumpstart to Recovery course. After thinking about the answer to this question, I do have some responses for you, Joseph. The first recommendation that I would like to offer is ditch the label that you might have attached yourself as a person who has, quote, Parkinson's disease. When you think of yourself as a, quote, parky or as a person who has Parkinson's, you automatically flip yourself into this very dark and dire set of thought forms that are not in your best and highest good. And these thought forms basically suggest that there's no hope that you're going to get worse. You might as well go ahead and schedule in a time to visit a nursing home because you're going to be there in a few weeks or a few months or a few years. In other words, all of the kind of thoughts that are associated with the label Parkinson's disease are anything but positive, life-giving, and healing. And again, it's a what we call garbage can diagnosis. Now, that's kind of a rude, crude way of just describing the fact that it embraces a wide variety of factors that are causing these symptoms. There's overwhelming research that toxins contribute to Parkinson's and many, many different types of toxins, and that's just one cause. There are many, many others. So, first of all, Joseph, I'd recommend, look, if anybody asks you, well, gosh, I notice that you're having perhaps some issues uh, with it. It may be walking or talking or whatever. And I think a healthy response is to say, yes, you've been having some neurological challenges here recently, but you're working on healing them. Many people have these challenges. Why attach a label to what you are currently experiencing? Now, it's necessary for medical professionals to assign a label. They have to give a diagnosis if they're going to try out medications for you, which you may well want to try. Let them do that. You do not need to attach yourself to that label because once you do, you connect yourself with this dark valley of thought forms that are, first of all, not true, they're false, and they are certainly not facilitating your healing. 
The second recommendation that I'd like to offer to you, Joseph, is really one of the main suggestions, one of the main secrets that I offer in my little book, Seven Secrets of Healing. And that basically secret is, instead of rushing to put all sorts of stuff in your body, and when I use the word stuff, I'm talking about supplements and medications and all sorts of other things that you're basically putting on or in your body. First, focus on getting the bad stuff out of your body. And, of course, the bad stuff is going to consist of all these nasty toxins, these electromagnetic uh, pollution embeds in our body, but, of course, also the trauma that has been embedded in the body as well that contributes to the symptoms associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. Now, when you pursue one option, which is to uh, make an appointment with a medical doctor, often a neurologist, uh, their specialty is to suggest medicines. In other words, they're putting stuff in your body. And what you're going to them and asking them to do is to suppress your symptoms. That's what they're specialists at. That's what they know how to do. And so I'm suggesting, well, nothing wrong with that. But, boy, the best thing you can also do is to say, okay, it must be that I've got some kind of feelings, some embedded traumas, that are in my body. I must be a person who maybe has some heavy metals, some pesticides, who knows what. Once you figure out what that might be, then you can focus on getting the bad stuff out. The third recommendation that I've got for you is move your body. Move it. We have something called lymph that goes through various passageways in the body. When we don't move our body, that lymph has nowhere to go. It literally gets stuck. So it's not as if there's a pumping mechanism to send the lymph through the body. The lymph collects toxins. And so if you're not moving, that lymph basically becomes stagnant. And that is the precursor to creating all kinds of additional symptoms and even new diseases. However you can, move your body. So that's a general statement. It may be swimming, it may be walking, it may be Tai Chi. It doesn't matter what it is. Move every single day. The third suggestion that I'd like to offer to you, Joseph, is perhaps something that you're going to be surprised at. And that is many people that experience these troubling symptoms associated with a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease focus a lot of their thoughts on the symptoms. And so every day they're thinking of what can I do about it. It may be a tremor. It may be a walking, stumbling issue or a freezing issue, whatever it might be. And so if you tally up as many as the 16,000 thoughts you may have during the day, it may be half of those are all focused on the symptoms. When you do that, you are feeding the symptoms. You are giving them additional life. So redirect your focus and your attention, and instead of spending lots and lots of time on the symptoms themselves, focus on what it means to have a healthy lifestyle. And the best way to do that is to follow and pursue your passions. 
So many people that I talk with over the years will say, yeah, well, you know, I used to really enjoy music, but I can't do that anymore. And my follow-up is, well, is that what you've always really loved to do? And the answer is yes. And then what I'll always try and do is to encourage that person to pick up that instrument again or to begin to immerse themselves in the joys that really gave them the most satisfaction in their life. So what is your passion? What is it that gives you energy? Why are you here on this earth? And you might say, but wait a minute, I've got these symptoms, I can't do it. What I'm saying is, I don't think that's true. What I've noticed when I talk with people is when people are following their passion, when they are pursuing their soul's longing, the symptoms are inconsequential. Eh, They may be still a bit problematic, but the fact is you're not thinking about them, you're not focusing on them, you are doing what it is that gives you great joy. And I have story after story of people who, when they actually begin to do that, all of a sudden, when they are following their passion, the symptoms are non-existent. And these stories come from people who are painters, who are painters, who are artists, who are photographers, who are furniture makers, people who are athletes. A uh, fascinating uh, conversation I had with an individual about eight years ago was that he said that uh, he had been uh, really a championship ping pong player. And when he began to develop the symptoms of Parkinson's, he all of a sudden thought, well, I really can't do this anymore, and so I'm going to have to give it up. And then apparently one day he just said, well, wait a minute, Uh, why don't I just give it a try? And so he found a friend that he used to play with and picked up a paddle and began to play ping pong. And I'm telling you, what he said was, I couldn't believe it. I could play ping pong as well on that day as he could when he was younger and a champion, and he whooped his opponent. So the fact is that when we're doing what it is that we really love to do, uh, that's what heals, uh, whatever might be the factors that are causing the symptoms. So those are my four major and central suggestions for you, Joseph, of what might be the most beneficial in terms of reversing Parkinson's symptoms. Some suggestions I'm guessing you probably didn't think I would make uh, available to you. Next question also comes from Joseph. Do you feel plant-based probiotic and prebiotic foods are helpful? No doubt about it. Yes, yes, yes. The word prebiotic foods, you can do a little quick search on the Internet and just say list of prebiotic foods. These are just natural foods that we can purchase at our health food stores, and you'll see a list of those. Those are great foods to eat as often as possible. Probiotics is something that is also very critical to individuals who experience Parkinson's symptoms and, quite frankly, to everyone. If we don't have the good bacteria in our body, we are not able to digest whatever food we may be eating. Even if we are eating the best, the cleanest, the most organic foods imaginable, even if we are following a diet that is clean as can be, if in our digestive system we don't have good bacteria That food is not going to be digested. It will simply be thrown out of the body and left unused. After doing an interview on my radio show program with 
natural pharmacist Ross Pelton several months ago. Ross talked about a probiotic uh, product uh, by Dr. O'Hara. And I was impressed by, first of all, Ross's recommendation for that product and also uh, the quality that obviously was exhibited with the product. So I bought some for myself and my family, began to use it, and I thought, whoa, this really is the real deal. So I use that particular product myself every single day, and I will continue to use that for the rest of my life. It seems like that's one of those essential kinds of things we can all do that will make a huge difference in our vitality and our overall health. So as a result, actually, uh, when I realized the quality of that, I began to purchase the Dr. O'Hara products in large quantities. So I have to admit, so that we and our family could get a little discount on those products. And uh, I am also uh, uh, have those available because I, I bought so many of them for people who would like to buy them for, for themselves. They are listed on the main website, parkinsonsrecovery.com. Next question, also from Joseph. What is your opinion in juicing for removing heavy metals like lead? Juicing is a, is a great detox method, and it's one that I know some people have used to their great advantage. One individual recently reported back that she had a very, very serious program of juicing for about a year and a half, and it was very clear from her report that the symptoms were were really very much improved. And so juicing really can make a huge difference. That obviously takes a, a big commitment uh, from you. And by juicing, of course, we're not just talking about fruits. We're talking about all the veggies uh, that can be so useful. So juicing organic foods uh, can be a wonderful habit for people that will lead to addressing some of the symptoms that you might be experiencing, if not all of the symptoms. I might just make a side note. I was juicing for a while personally by basically using a juicer that threw out the bulk. And so all I was doing is I was drinking the purified juice. And the problem with that is, of course, first of all, you've got all that bulk material that's good food that you're throwing away or composting. But second of all, what I discovered is it was a pain to clean the equipment. So I would prepare the juice, didn't take that long. I'd drink the juice, and then, oh, my goodness, it was another 15 or 20 minutes to actually clean up all the equipment. And I learned just observing myself that I was always wanting to get to work. I was wanting to do something else other than cleaning up all that. So we switched, and now what we've discovered is there's a much more efficient and user-friendly method. So instead of using a juicer that throws the bulk away, what we've actually gotten is something called a Vitamex, and that's just a, uh, an equipment that's like a mixer, but it mixes up all of the veggies and if you have some fruits uh, really, really well. And so you're drinking the bulk in addition to the juice. And so first of all, it's very, very easy to use. And second of all, is it easy to clean up? It's no problem at all. It takes about 30 seconds to actually clean up uh, that container. And so we find we actually do use the Vitamix, and we do juice in that way. So juicing is a great idea. Uh, it's not the kind of thing that gives you a quick all of a sudden, boy, I'm all of a sudden full of energy and my symptoms have dissolved. 
But over the long run, I think you'll find, yes, it really will result in wonderful detoxing. And, of course, when you're juicing, you're not putting the bad stuff in your body. Next question, what is your opinion of Macuna purians, or cow hedge is the other name for it, for trimmers? Now, Macuna is used by a number of individuals uh, to essentially perform the same function as some of the prescription medications. So it is uh, an ingredient, a natural ingredient, that can uh, facilitate the production of dopamine in the body. And so I would just rate that among the kind of treatments that can suppress the symptoms. It's not anything like a cure. It's not looking at the cause. It's just a suppressor. Now, what many people are unaware of is the huge, and I want to say again, huge, H-U-G-E issue with Macuna is the quality. There are lots of websites out there that offer Macuna. And yet the fact is that the quality of, of much of that is, is pathetic. It's dismal. It's not worth spending your money on. I initially interviewed an herbalist, uh, quite well-known, from Lexington, Kentucky, Andrew Bentley, and asked Andrew, well, Andrew, what are the herbs that you would recommend for Parkinson's symptoms? And after about 45 minutes, he listed a number of herbs I have to admit I'd never heard of, but documented in Pioneers of Recovery, the first edition. And I got to the end of that, and I thought, wow, the one herb or natural ingredient that I'd always heard uh, people with Parkinson's found was useful is Mikuna. So I asked Andrew, Andrew, you've gone through these wonderful recommendations, but you haven't mentioned Mercuna. Why not? You don't recommend that for your patients? Andrew said, no, I have not been able to find a quality of Mercuna that I'm satisfied is good enough to provide enough assistance or help or support for people. Now, Andrew is somebody who grows a lot of his own herbs. He can't grow Macuna in Kentucky, and apparently he wasn't able to find a source in any other locality. So he just didn't didn't recommend it because he felt like it didn't have enough quality. And Andrew also said something rather interesting to me. He said, you know, these kind of herbs, when they're grown commercially, their energetic punch is limited. So what you really need is to harvest these kinds of herbs out in the wild. And I thought, well, that's exactly right. If it's grown in the wild, then it's got a true, huge, energetic punch. But if it's just grown commercially, that effectiveness is diluted significantly. So Macuna, again, it's uh, something that many people use with uh, some degree of uh, success. Some people look on the Internet and they say, okay, Macuna, I've heard that's good. Let's get the lowest price possible. Well, uh, they may get it, but chances are they're not going to get much of a result by using Macuna because, again, that just comes from a source that's not very reliable. I've heard other people, in fact, just uh, an email, uh, a fascinating story of a person who's experimented with all kind of Macuna, had stories about using Macuna, no result, using Macuna, no result, and then finally they found a source that uh, seemed to provide them with some relief. So, it's sort of a trial and error. And I might also say uh, that I have heard individuals who've reported back to me that they had a source of Macuna that seemed to be doing quite beautifully for them, just like a medication like cinnamon might do or like a fava bean tincture might do. But then they said, and they got a new batch, they ordered a new batch, they started taking it, and blop, nothing, it didn't work. So sometimes you might get a high-quality source, but all of a sudden the batch that you get really has no zap to it at all. 
So that's really one of the issues with McCuny. You don't know exactly really what you are getting. Next question actually came from after the session that I held yesterday. Uh, Dr. Rogers, and by the way, just to make sure everybody understands, I'm a researcher, Ph.D., not a medical doctor. So anything I might say or recommend or suggest, be sure to check that out again with your medical doctor who's authorized and uh, credentialed to be able to provide you with that kind of advice. Uh, so uh, Jody basically says, I had left uh, brain DBS surgery done in December 2016. Would I be a candidate for your, and it says program here, but I think probably you meant the course, the Jumpstart to Recovery course. And the answer is, well, of course, everybody can benefit from Jumpstart to Recovery, regardless of what medications you take or what kind of surgeries you've elected to pursue. So we most welcome you to join into the course, Jody. We are about half full now, so we still have seats available, and the early bird special is still available. Jumpstart to Recovery starts August the 1st and eight consecutive class sections, noon Pacific time on each Tuesday of August and September. Next question comes from Lisa. Lisa says, we are looking into DBS. That's deep brain stimulation. What is your opinion and best site for information about it online? Well, DBS is one of those options, uh, medical options, when a person has been taking medicine and they have to take more and more medicine and the doctor realizes, well, we can't give you any more medicine without serious consequences. And so the next step in a series of medical interventions is surgery, and it's called DBS surgery. Uh, sort of a hole is made into the skull and there's a probe that's sent down into the uh, substantia nigra. And then a, a little electrical impulse that's sent into that. So uh, as it turns out, I think the one kind of troubling aspect of that that I would just want to make sure that you and everyone else knows is that a battery is required to uh, injure, engine that system, and they implant the battery in the person's chest. So the battery goes in the chest, and then there's a wire that goes under the skin, uh, up the chest, up the throat, and then up to the top of the head uh, where the probe is actually located. The battery doesn't last forever, and so you have to replace the battery, and it depends on, of course, the battery and what they're using, but you have to replace it every two to three or four or five years. So there's additional surgery that's actually required. I would just suggest, since you're exploring this, uh, read uh, the initial study that was done to qualify this as an authorized procedure. They used about 85 subjects. It's really quite good in, in the sense that they document the uh, side effects, the complications. Uh, it's really excellent. Uh, so you get, a, I think, a pretty good idea of what's involved. And, of course, uh, the results for people are scattered all over the place. Uh, some people are so grateful that it just really transformed their life um, at least in the short run. <clears throat> other people uh, go through that, and they don't see much difference, and then other people are very disappointed for various reasons. It's really like any therapy that you might want to pursue. I don't care what the name of it is. It tends to really be extremely beneficial for some and not so much for others. So I would suggest uh, get back to that initial study. I'm trying to remember the date of it, but I think it was uh, maybe 2006 or eight, uh, something like that. Uh, and you'll see that they document some of the psychological issues that people had, which is why 
they now, uh, in order to be able to be authorized to do the surgery, you have to go through a psychological profiling to make sure that you're a candidate because they don't want people to get uh, the problem of depression. The other thing I'll just mention uh, that I know about deep brain stimulation surgery, because I've heard a lot of people tell me what the results have been, is it typically doesn't address all symptoms that uh, somebody might be experiencing. Some of them, yes, but not all of them. So it's not as if something that will be a miracle cure for everything that's wrong. And, of course, remember also that it is a symptomatic treatment. It's addressing symptoms. It's not looking at the underlying cause of what you are actually experiencing. And, again, that might be something that really is going to be worthwhile. Another way uh, to proceed is to just put everything on pause and then to ask yourself the question, well, Maybe what might be beneficial is to ask the question, well, what's causing your symptoms? And that's, of course, the one of the two anchors of the Jumpstart to Recovery course that I teach. The question is, okay, great, here are the symptoms. But the next question is, well, what's causing them? And then when you know what's causing the symptoms, then you have a pretty good idea of what kind of therapy will really address that so that those symptoms can be addressed successfully. Next message comes from Diane. Is there anything that will stop my tremors? They developed over 30 years ago, but have progressed to the point that I cannot do anything for myself. I've tried several things, but so far nothing has helped at all. I can really feel in, Diane, to the situation that you are experiencing, the disappointment, the hopelessness, the helplessness, given that you've tried some therapies and nothing seems to actually work. Well, since I don't know what therapies you've tried, I can suggest that I wrote a little book because I got so many questions similar to this called Treatments for Tremors. And the emphasis there really is ways to treat the symptoms, symptomatic treatments for tremors. It's a little book. It's got a number of different approaches and ideas. Some of them uh, might have been some attempts you've already made that were not successful, but others might be ideas that you might want to pursue to see if that would provide you with some uh, relief. I also have another perspective for you, Diane, and when I read through your question, The question that occurred to me after I meditated and reflected on your question is the following. What I was guided to do is to ask you the question, what happened in your life around 30 years ago? What was it that prompted this situation initially? And as you meditate on that particular question, you may have some sense of what the answer is. What I'm suggesting is whatever that stimulus wound up being, and chances are it was uh, trauma or uh, extremely stressful set of circumstances, this remains unresolved, especially if you've tried some ways to suppress the symptoms and they have not been successful. So ask yourself the question in your meditations, what have I wanted 
to silence all these years. It's like the tremor won't quiet down. It won't settle down, and it's been many, many years. Why won't that happen for you? It feels a bit, and this is, of course, wild speculation, like there is trauma that is trapped at the cellular level. Now, I have another perspective for you just to consider and to meditate on to see if this feels right for you or not. It also feels as though, for very good reason, you have been fighting against the tremors. In other words, it's been a battle. It's it's the battle between you and the tremors. You're fighting to knock them out in the boxing ring. And unfortunately, the tremors have been the victors so far. So my idea for you is going to sound very strange. But what I want to suggest is why don't you change how you are responding to the tremors? Nothing's worked so far. And so how about going with the tremors? What is your tremor telling you? What do you need to learn from your tremor? If nothing you have tried has silenced them over 30 years, I'm suggesting to you, and I'm guessing, that nothing is going to be successful. No therapy will be successful until you acknowledge the true meaning that underlies and is fueling the tremors. So here we're talking at a very deep emotional level. Now, another way that you can approach this, and I have to say, Diane, I'm wondering whether you're thinking this guy is absolutely crazy, but I'm telling you this will actually work. You have been now for many, many years uh, trying to stop and to silence the tremors, and that hasn't worked. So why not change the approach? Instead of saying, okay, I just, I'm ready today, this tremor is going to stop, instead of that, reverse it. And what you want to say is, no way am I going to stop my tremors. I love my tremors. No way am I going to stop my tremors. So you say that as you wake up in the morning. You say that at lunch. You say that in the afternoon. You say that in the evening. Hey, these tremors are great. They're part of me, and I love them. Now, the whole purpose of that is you really want to fold in and get in touch with what your body is trying to communicate to you. I mean, what is this all about? And I'm suggesting that there must be some embedded trauma And once you just touch into that, not that you need to experience that again, but once you touch into that, then there's some wonderful therapies that you can pursue that will release the drivers for why your tremor actually exists. Now, having said that, if I'm right about the fact there is this uh, unresolved issues uh, from many, many, in this case over 30 years ago, It's also the case that there probably have been some short-circuiting of your myelin sheaths. And so once the emotional issues are cleared, it will take some time to be able to see some uh, sustained relief from the tremors, but it will happen in time. Next question comes from Jane. 
Where does one start, and start is all in capital letters, to look for recovery help, diet, medications, vitamins? I have a stiff left side plus a foot drag, as if I had a stroke. And I have also tried physical therapy and chiropractic treatments with no luck. So, Jane, I would suggest, as I was inferring a little earlier, instead of beginning to rush to put lots of things into your body, I think it pays to pause and to ask the question, well, what is the cause here of your symptoms? I don't have a lot of inflammation information to work with in your question, but you do say you have a stiff left side plus a foot drag. I'm, I'm assuming that's the left foot. So when I looked to see well, what is the meridian that's connected to your left foot, it's the gallbladder, the stomach, the liver, the spleen, and the kidneys. The left foot is a pretty big uh, uh, meridian point and source point for many of these. So that suggests there's some digestive issues that are at play here, and uh, attending to your digestive issues might provide some wonderful relief. So find the cause first, and once you know what the cause is, that will inform some approaches that I think will begin to make a huge difference. Now, you mentioned that physical therapy and chiropractic uh, did not really provide any relief whatsoever. I suspect that that's because those are those therapies for you are too harsh. You need something much much more gentle. You need a gentle therapy that will allow your body to unwind the tension and the stress. There's a lot of tension in the muscles and so the key here is to release that tension. And the therapy that's quite wonderful is just generally uh, uh, called unwinding. A lot of therapists use that. Cranial sacral therapists uh, are trained to do unwinding. Uh, and a lot of healers do the very same. The idea of one unwinding is you're not forcing the body to move in a direction that there is resistance with. A lot of people think, well, that should be the cure. If, if, I, if I can't uh, move my arm forward, I've got to... I've got to force it into the direction that it doesn't want to go. Well, what happens is that if the body is resisting and you try to force it into that direction, everything gets tensed up. The muscles get tight. And so the way to release the tension is instead of forcing it into the direction of resistance, you allow whatever arm, finger, foot, toe, whatever it is that's restricted to move in the direction of ease. And this is also the case for heads. I don't know if you've noticed, but if you start moving your head in the direction of ease, it has a delicious relief for releasing tension in your neck. So instead of forcing things, what you'll want to do is to uh, uh, have a much more gentle therapy. Uh, we In the Jumpstart uh, course, we, I've got a lecture there on unwinding that gives you an idea of how you can do that yourself. But there are also uh, therapies. Uh, therapists and therapies that do unwinding for you. So I would suggest for the therapeutic choices that you pursue, uh, go gentle. That's why for a lot of people, a therapy like Tai Chi or Qi Gong, which are very gentle and slow-moving therapies, can be so deliciously helpful. Next question comes from Louise. 
I am following Dr. Gray's, and she mentions this is the author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Uh, he apparently developed uh, symptoms of Parkinson's and has a protocol uh, that he's recommending people pursue uh, to help reverse their symptoms. And the protocol is an amino acid protocol. Has anyone tried it? And the answer is, well, yes. Uh, certainly we've had a number of people who have pursued his protocol. I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but I talk to so many people. Some people find it really has helped, and other people report they don't see much result. And, again, that's pretty much a similar kind of a set of reports that I get for every therapy that's available out there for people. It depends on what's causing the symptoms. Now, apparently, uh, Gray said that if it doesn't help uh, stop the tremor, and, again, uh, I don't know whether here it's more of a suppressing the tremor, tremor or supposedly addressing the cause to increase uh, some of these medications. I only have a tremor on one hand, and it's mostly slight or non-existent, but I have to work full-time to afford the supplements. Does anyone have a suggestion? Well, uh, Louise, it, it may be... Uh, a possibility that you're putting a lot of things in the body. And as I suggested earlier, well, if the issue here is heavy metals or pesticides, then putting lots of supplements in the body is not going to help detox. So the approach that you have pursued here is the approach of suppressing the symptoms. And so I would just ask the question, well, are you interested in figuring out what the cause of the symptoms are? If, and this is, again, speculation, the cause is you have toxic metals or pesticides that have found homes in your gallbladder or your liver or your large intestines, then putting lots of the supplements into your body at pretty high cost uh, is not going to do much good. Yeah, it's going to require a very different approach in, indeed. Now, second, these supplements presume that the cause of your symptoms would be a low level of dopamine. Now, I'm guessing that may not be true. Obviously, we don't know. I'm guessing it, it may be a pesticide issue. But even if it is low dopamine, the real question is, well, what is causing that? How come your body is not manufacturing the level of dopamine that it really needs. Now, you might want to check in with the, my book, Seven Secrets of Healing. Uh, and, and if you don't, I just want you to know one of the big secrets that I mentioned a little bit earlier here in our program is get the bad stuff out first. So you've been putting lots of good stuff in and yet that's not going to address the bad stuff necessarily. So when you put a lot of stuff in, the body has to digest that, the body has to assimilate that, and so there's not much attention or energy that's available to be able to do detoxing. And, of course, for any supplement, I don't care what it is and I don't care how natural it is, when you're putting anything into the body, it's toxic to the body. A lot of people don't realize that. They think, well, if I have organic food, then, boy, I'm not putting a toxin into my body. Anything you put into your body is a toxin. That's why we have a digestive system. The body cannot assimilate food without 
basically digesting the food. So if you think about it, no matter what you put in your body, the body basically has to transform and get rid of the residue, the toxic residue. So you're putting a burden on your body when you're putting all of those supplements into it. Now, it may be it's great, and you don't report that it's been helpful, and so it might be uh, putting that on pause, or part of it anyway, and trying to ask the question or beginning to ask the question, well, what's causing this might be an approach that would lead to a more beneficial outcome. Next question comes from Elaine, or I should say Dick. I have tremors in both hands starting in my legs. Now, Dick, I just want to start there. Uh, As you might have figured, one of the kinds of questions I always love to ask is, well, if it started in your legs, what might be the meridian that connects to both of your legs? And that will give us a clue as to what might be causing this. And if for both legs, the suspicion is your liver and your kidney, if it's both hands, the suspicion is large intestine. Now, that all suggests digestive issues. Diagnosed two years ago, tried Western medicine, didn't help, weaned off of the medicine, read your book and watched videos, wonderful. Have tried, and here's the list, acupuncture, essential oils, exercises on the video, recumbent bike an hour a day. Take life extension supplements as recommended for Parkinson's. Mindfulness, meditation daily, earthing. What a wonderful thing, earthing. Sitting with bare feet on grass while meditating. That's wonderful, Dick. Uh, Qigong and chair yoga weekly classes. So what an amazing list of uh, activities that you are pursuing. Now, the next question that uh, statement that Dick uh, makes is, the tremors continue to increase. Is there anything new for tremors? Um, Well, uh, I document pretty much everything I've been able to find for tremors in the Treatments for Tremors book. But I'd like to suggest that it may be here. uh, It it may be a toxic issue or toxin issue. And pursuing uh, getting connected with perhaps a naturopath doctor or functional medicine doctor and uh, getting some assessments of how you could begin to detox might actually be very, very useful. Um, It may be some of the supplements you're taking are facilitating that, but it may be a little more focus on that would help a great deal. The second perspective that I got for you, Dick, is the, the following. You say the tremors continue to increase, and of course, your perception, your reaction to that is, oh, great, I'm doing all of this and I'm getting worse. I would suggest you reorient your thoughts about what's really happening. When tremors begin to get worse in an authentic, genuine healing journey down the road to recovery, the tremors will actually get worse. It actually can very well be, and I'm guessing is, a positive sign of healing. You're interpreting this as a bad sign. I'm suggesting switch your perception and simply accept the fact your body's always talking with you, giving you information. It's a good sign. What might I suggest then? And again, this is something I mentioned to someone a little earlier, and I'll suggest it to you. Make the tremors worse. Embrace 
the tremors. Sometimes when you do that, you'll be amazed that all of a sudden the tremors begin to settle down. It's like they're a child who is at that nasty two-year-old stage when they want to gain their independence, and all they want to do is scream, 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 scream. Well, sometimes with a child that age, one of the best things a parent can do is in trying to silence the child doing various detraction kind of strategies or uh, uh, let's go have fun doing whatever, what you do is you just let the child scream for a while. It's like, okay, scream. And all of a sudden, the child uh, settles down. And so embrace the tremors. Uh, basically say to yourself, okay, my body is communicating uh, to me, and I just need to accept whatever my body has to tell me. Now, if the tremors are really getting worse, sometimes it's trauma that's actually being released. So that's another reason why it can be a very positive sign. Uh, one of the radio show interviews uh, that I thought was was quite fascinating was with the developer, the inventor of a therapy called Trauma Release Exercises. David Purcelli is his name, and uh, he now uh, has instituted these uh, uh, exercises in this program for people across the globe, but in particular for veterans war veterans who have been traumatized, and it's, it's really resulted with some really wonderful work. So it's a, a, a technique, a therapy, a set of kind of things you can do yourself every day. You can only take about 10 minutes, 5 or 10 minutes every day. And it's a way of basically inviting your body to begin to, get this, shake, rattle, and roll, in other words, to tremor. In other words, instead of trying to stop the tremor, instead of trying to silence the tremor, what this therapy does is it says, well, let's just make the tremors worse. Let's just let the body shake as it needs to shake. And what has been discovered is when you do that, it releases the tension, the stress, and the trauma. So, Dick, I'm just guessing there's been some stress in your life, and chances are that's accumulated over a long period of time. And when you do the TRE, it's a way of literally shedding off all of the stress that's been glued to the tissues of your body. Now, if you're like me, what I did, and this was certainly the case about 15 or 20 years ago, I had a lot of trauma in my life, and I figured, well, I'm just going to stuff it. Um, I'm going to use my mind to forget what it was and to stop paying attention to it. But when we stuff the trauma the trauma is still there, and it will peek its head out and rear its ugly presence to us at times that are most inconvenient. And so the best way to release tremors is not to stuff them, but rather to acknowledge them and to allow them to express themselves in whatever way they need to express themselves. So with the trauma release exercises, when you begin to activate the shaking in the whole body, and that's really what happens. The whole body begins to shake. Um, what happens is the trauma is released in a natural way. So I like this because there are no medications that are required. There's a, a, a training program that he has where you can see how to do it yourself. There are also certified practitioners. I'm sure there's some in Florida, which is, I believe, Dick, where you live. 
uh, and you can actually go to a trauma release certified practitioner and they can facilitate the release for you or you can get his training exercises or his DVDs and uh, see how to do it yourself and just do it at home by yourself. So either way, it will really work quite beautifully. Now, you also mentioned that uh, listening uh, to American Indian flute music with rain sounds uh, really tends to calm the tremors. Well, what a great idea. It's clear to me that sound has a huge impact. I mean, it's absolutely huge. So uh, take that to the next step. Uh, find music that you love to listen to and listen to it all the time. Uh, Dr. Suzanne Jonas is a person who has developed lots of musical medicine uh, therapies, and you can uh, go onto her website, and uh, you'll uh, discover that she's got some therapies for tremors there, too. Uh, so you might want to uh, talk with her about whatever she might have available that will help to uh, essentially soothe your soul and uh, provide some relief from the tremors. So when I'm suggesting, yeah, just embrace the tremors, make them worse, obviously your body can't rattle, rock, and roll continuously. The good news of this suggestion is it can be very intense uh, for a short period of time, but usually when that happens, there's, there's relief and the tremor will subside, sometimes significantly. So there is relief on the other side of the mountain, so to speak. So Suzanne Jonas, uh, she operates out of Walden, Tennessee, and I believe her website is musicalmedicine.com or something close to that. And again, she's done some wonderful uh, uh, development of CDs uh, that address many, many different symptoms. And for those of you who are listening, if you have other symptoms uh, like restless legs or chronic pain or whatever, she's got some other sound CD therapies that you can uh, listen to that can make a big difference. So um, check in with that. It's uh, I like it because, uh, boy, those CDs are so inexpensive, and they can sometimes generate such wonderful relief. This next uh, uh, question comes from Anita. Has anyone tried the Violite 810 intranasal light therapy produced by a Canadian company called Medic Lights? And I've not heard, Anita, of anyone who's actually tried this particular therapy, so I don't have any reports for you. I looked up on the website and I thought, well, that's an interesting therapy. As a researcher, I want to just say to you and to everyone, I believe the future of medicine into the coming decades and centuries is going to be using therapies with light and with sound. Instead of prescribing medicines and supplements, uh, what medical professionals will be doing is they'll be having all of these wonderful light and sound therapies. There's also actually uh, a sound therapy that they're using uh, to address Parkinson's symptoms uh, that's in the stages of study right now. And basically they're sending a very specific sound into the substantia nigra. It's, uh, I think, going to replace deep brain stimulation surgery in the future. Uh, it's not yet, uh, studies are not yet complete, but the results have been very, very promising. Anita, I do have uh, a reaction to that, not knowing anything about the result. It's a ch ch very good chance it really could provide wonderful uh, outcomes for people. But what I do see is that it's sending something into the body. It's not actually responding to the body. 
There is a therapy called biontology. It's a little invention that was uh, made by an inventor named Johann Boswinkel. And this biontology therapy basically takes the light from a person's body and it transforms it, and then it sends that same light back into the body. In other words, it works with the the body that's being that what's being admitted from the body, rather than just sending something at the body. I really love that idea of basically using your own light rather than sending some uh, external light directly into the body. What's the purpose of this therapy? Uh, many of you are probably wondering, what in the world is this supposed to do? Well, it's supposed to stimulate the mitochondria, uh, and I would suspect it really would do that. Mitochondria are the little energy sources in the billions of cells in our body. Now, there are lots of other ways to stimulate mitochondria, by the way. And for those of you that don't know this and need a little incentive to exercise, when you exercise, you are actually stimulating the, those little energy cells in uh, called mitochondria throughout our body. So that's one of the reasons exercise has a huge positive impact. Next question comes from Michaela. I have heard several people, including my natural... Oh, I mentioned, I'm going to go back, I didn't... I've been criticized because I never acknowledge the positive things people say. I'm <laughs> going back to Anita. Anita says, I have purchased your 2017 book. This is the road to recovery from Parkinson's that I just updated. I already had the first edition, and it is excellent. Thank you for all the blood, sweat, and tears that must have gone into the revision. Thank you, Anita. I just want to say I greatly appreciate that. There was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and boy, did it take a long time for me to update that. I had uh, created so much new information for people that uh, it took a lot of time to complete that update. Thank you for your kind words. Now back to Michaela. I have had several people, including my naturopath doctor, telling me I should go on the ketogenic, K-E-T-O-G-E-N-I-C diet. I understand Dr. McCola has written a book called Fat for Fuel where he describes his theory behind it. I have a difficult time with the idea of eating so much protein and animal products. I understand the good fats would be coconut oil, olive oil, butter, G, avocado, omega-3s, fish oil, etc., etc. It also suggests several fruits and vegetables to avoid as well grains. I'd be interested in hearing your take on this diet as opposed to a vegan or vegetarian diet. These are two diets at opposite ends of the spectrum. Boy, isn't that the case. Now, a ketogenic diet basically has loads and loads of fat. And the reason for that is the fat winds up stimulating ketones, K-E-T-O-N-E-S. And when you do that, you have a natural infusion of sugar to the brain. Now, the alternative way to infuse sugar in the brain, the brain has to live on sugar, is by basically uh, putting into your body other sources of natural sugar like uh, granular sugar or honey or any of these other kind of sources of, of natural sugar. The ketogenic diet is on the top of the list as prescribed for individuals who are epileptics. 
and it has a huge positive impact. If they stay on this diet, their number of seizures reduce significantly. And, of course, an epileptic issue is a neurological issue. So high-fat, low-carb diet is the key. Now, there is a website maintained by Bill Curtis, who is apparently lives in D.C. I've uh, been talking with Bill about being a guest on the radio show now for several years, but we haven't quite been able to schedule that yet. Bill works as a volunteer with uh, the National Institute of Health. They have a whole group of researchers there. His name is Dr. Veach, who has been studying the ketogenic diet uh, to address symptoms of Parkinson's. And so there's a lot of research, excellent research, behind the value of a ketogenic diet. Now, Bill Curtis's website, for those of you who'd like to explore this further, is the following, ketonesforparkinsons.com. So it's K-E-T-O-N-E-S-F-O-R-P. A-R-K-I-N-S-O-N-S dot C-O-M. Now, as a volunteer with uh, NIH, uh, Bill has been taking a ketogenic cocktail every day. Now, for those of you uh, who uh, like fatty kind of things and uh, things that are a bit sweet, you're going to love this cocktail every day. And apparently he has been getting some relief from his symptoms uh, using this cocktail. So let me give you just a list of what's in the cocktail. And, of course, it's going to be lots of fatty kind of things. It's uh, Kerrygold butter, whipped cream, coconut oil or MCT oil, coffee or sugar-free chocolate syrup. (laughs) How about that for a cocktail? Now, who's going to resist that, right? Well, the idea is that you're basically facilitating the production of ketones. If you go on to a fast and you don't just do you don't do the cocktail, you just begin to eat very little food, chances are you're going to feel better. And the result of the research is the the less that people eat, the longer they live. That's a compelling now finding from a number of different studies. So uh, the less we throw into our body, the longer that we're going to actually live and the more healthy lifestyles that we'll actually uh, uh, have available to eat. So in the end, that's the idea behind the ketogenic uh, diet. And again, we know it's been useful for epileptics. Uh, and the uh, Dr. Veach has found that it's also useful for Parkinson's. The issue with the ketones is that you need a lot of them to see the result. And I guess they're they know how to make a concentrated form of actual direct ketones. In other words, instead of using the fats to produce the ketones in the body, there's an actual way to manufacture ketones directly. But it's very expensive. And uh, so they can do that at NIH, and they've done some experiments with that, but they haven't figured out how to make it uh, commercially viable. Now, the other issue here, the other question, Michaela, that you were addressing is, all right, so wait a minute, I'm kind of confused. There are so many diets. What do I do with this? I am really confused. And I have to say, Michaela, I've been researching this for, what, 14 years, and I'm confused too. It's like, whoa, 
I have one person on the radio show, and they recommend uh, uh, the Walls diet. Uh, Dr. Walls was on the show, and she had a wonderful presentation with, well, look, this is the way that you can actually get well. Uh, we've had other people who make uh, uh, cautionary statements about eating too much protein, especially if you're having uh, Parkinson's medications that interferes with the effectiveness of the L- L-DOPA. Uh, we've got people who recommend the vegan diets and the juicing, et cetera, et cetera. So what's the right diet for you? Well, the other issue that uh, has been really surprising to me is I had when a person would say, well, what's the diet that you would most uh, recommend? And, of course, I would always, and I would still say, well, live food, any food that's live, that's organic, if you can grow it yourself, all the better. If it's live food, uh, it's going to have a wonderful energetic charge. And so live is good, dead is bad. If you walk into a regular grocery store and just walk up and down the aisles, there is no energy in that packaged processed food. I'm telling you, it just doesn't exist. It may taste good but you're not giving your body any fuel to heal. So live food is better. Now, saying, and what I've been asked before, a person would say, well, what would you recommend? And then I'll oftentimes say, well, you know, one of the best things you can do is go to your co-op, food co-op or health food store, and go into your organic section of veggies and just, just begin to pick up veggies of different colors that you're drawn to pick up, you know, Different colors are better, and whatever you seem to want to get, then get that. You know, use your own intuition. Take it home, juice it in a Vitamix, and uh, basically use that for three or four days. Go back to the store and do it again. You might have a different selection of veggies that you use the next time. That's going to really make a difference for most people, but guess, guess what? Not all people, and why is that? Well, some people have uh, an allergic reaction to what is contained in greens and lettuces and all the kind of uh, green uh, products that are in some of these veggies. Salicylates, it's called a salicylate uh, allergic reaction. So there's no blanket best diet for everyone. And again, because there's so many factors that cause the symptoms of Parkinson's disease, the reality is that... um, there are many, many different diets that are going to be appropriate for different people. So I would recommend, Michaela, that you take seriously the practice of muscle testing. Uh, that's something that we have a, a whole explanatory module there in the Jumpstart to Recovery course. But for those of you who are not in Jumpstart to Recovery, just go on the Internet if you don't muscle test now. There are lots of ways of muscle testing yourself. You know, you, you don't have to have a practitioner to help you. So find a, a muscle testing method that works for you, and then you can muscle test foods. So you can basically uh, have the food right in front of you. You can touch it, and you can say, is this lettuce good for my body? Do the muscle testing check and see if your body says yes or no. If it's yes, then eat it. If your body says no, then don't eat it. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. So Dr. Gobbledygook said you should have that, and you'll get well. Well, if you muscle test it and your body says no, well, let me tell you, don't don't trust Dr. Gobbledygook. Trust your body. Your body's the one who knows the best answer. So generally speaking, yes, uh, fresh organic foods, veggies, and and these vegetables, especially during this season, at least in this in this part of the uh, hemisphere of our globe, in the summertime, and lots of wonderful fresh foods are coming out now to be eaten. Um, 
you need to just be cautious of what you're allergic to. Now, there are some assessments that you can get that will uh, tell you what you're allergic to so you can avoid the foods. A lot of people don't realize that allergies are a big culprit. I mean, they're huge. And so a lot of people don't realize one of the reasons that their symptoms are so problematic actually is the fact that they are eating something that they are allergic to, and they don't realize it. So what happens is uh, when we're small, let's say we love to eat peanuts, um, and yet we're actually allergic to peanuts. And so over time, the body acclimates itself to being able to assimilate peanuts, but it's still allergic to them. And we're still getting sick from them. It just feels normal. So when we eat peanuts, we kind of feel crummy, but we don't really acknowledge or pay attention to it because we like the peanuts so much. Well, the fact is that the body really has is having an allergic reaction. The body is having to spend excess energy to assimilate the toxic substance and get rid of it. And so you're just putting a huge burden on your body's ability to maintain health and wellness. So you don't know what you're allergic to. A lot of people don't realize the foods that they are eating are really causing them great harm. So uh, how do you figure out what you're allergic to? Well, you can obviously get help from a naturopath doctor. Uh, or you can also just say, well, I wonder if eating fill-in-the-blank, whatever the food might be, might be one of the reasons why I'm feeling so horrible. Well, you can stop eating that for two weeks. Let's say it's whipped cream and say to yourself, well, maybe this is not, maybe this dairy is not a good thing. Cut out all dairy for two weeks, and then on the 15th day, I mean, treat yourself to milk and ice cream and whipped cream, you name it. I mean, just gorge yourself with that stuff, and if you really feel horrible, that's it. You know that dairy is the culprit. And incidentally, of the research that's been done on uh, Parkinson's disease, Dairy really is found to be a precursor of the symptoms. And so one of the recommendations that uh, people like Dr. Lori Michelley oftentimes make, and I think it's a sound recommendation, is cut out dairy. You can get substitutes for dairy that do the same wonderful thing for your body, uh, but do not create the extra challenge. And as I thought about that, I mean, I love dairy products myself, but they're coming from an animal that's not human. And so I think for many people, it creates additional challenges. Not everybody is not allergic to dairy, uh, but I do know that the research on Parkinson's clearly indicates that uh, people uh, using, by the way, very, very, very large uh, samples of people and tracking them over a long period of time, they find that the one predictor of Parkinson's symptoms winds up being a person who eats a lot of dairy. So... I see that we are already at the witching hour of uh, 1 o'clock. And uh, for those of you who are listening and hoping I'll answer your question, if I have not, I still have a number of questions to answer and not enough time to get to them. So what I promise to do for those of you who are connecting in is to uh, sign up another session, a Q&A session. It'll be session number four, and we will run through the questions that you have submitted. I want to make sure that I address each and every question that you have submitted to me. Uh, so we'll open up another session, and we'll get to your question. Hang on to your seats, and I'm sorry you have been here at the last of the queue. Uh, some of the questions have taken me a little time to do some research on and to provide an informed and useful and helpful report. So as a summary of resources that are available to you, know that there are 
226 free radio show interviews, and I've interviewed, I have to say, I think pretty much everyone who has something to say about what can help reverse the symptoms of Parkinson's naturally. So begin listening to some of those radio show interviews. They are really marvelous. And, of course, we've got the blog that I've been uh, updating and writing on now for uh, eight or ten years, so there's just a mountain of resources there as well. We just updated Road to Recovery 2017. Uh, the last update was 2013, and so I spent uh, all of this part of this year uh, adding the new information that we've been able to discover through my research and my interviews uh, that I've conducted over the last three years. Now, that particular update of Road to Recovery contains links to all of the radio shows, the relevant radio show that I'm discussing in the book. And so if you see an idea that you're called to learn more about, uh, if you have the download, you can just click on the link and you can go directly to the radio show. If you have the paperback book, it'll have the date of the radio show. So you go to the radio show page on your phone or your computer and then you'll scroll back to that actual date of the show. Uh, you, there are about 11 or 12 pages of show listings, of course, because there are so many. So you just have to scroll back. When you find the date, uh, you can just start listening to the show. Uh, and, again, the uh, the access to all of those replays in the radio show, is uh, that's free. That's a part of the support that we provide to everybody globally. Uh, I pay uh, $3,000 a year to provide that service to everybody. Now, what the book does is it makes all of those shows more readily accessible, so you'll know exactly what show pertains to what topic. I've done so many of them, it's a little hard to find the information that you're looking for uh, if you're just scouring around the radio show page. So that's just a service that I've created for those of you who'd like to make it easy. So that book is available on Amazon. And, of course, we have the second offering of Jumpstart to Recovery, the live classes, eight classes with me. We start with asking everybody their goals, and then the course is designed around addressing those goals to make sure that you get what it is that you need to literally get a jumpstart on your recovery. Uh, early bird special is still on. The class is about half full, so there's still some seats available on the Jumpstart to Recovery and the final service uh, is one uh, that is the membership. So on Monday of this coming week, we have our support uh, group. It's an international support group of amazing individuals who are all dedicated to figure out what they can do to reverse their symptoms. So we, we literally, I'm the facilitator of the group. We connect in on our phones or through our computers. And we all uh, have uh, discussions about, well, what are people doing? What questions do they have? And so we focus on answering all the questions and covering all the topics that people want to cover. And so that's going to be Monday. And to connect in to the support group, you are most welcome to join uh, Parkinson's Recovery Membership. It costs an amazing $10 a month, and that's it. That's all it costs. And, of course, that pays for the technology we have to uh, use to provide the service. So. Uh, you'd be, we'd most welcome you to join into the membership. It's not just the support group that I actually offer in that program. Uh, we have 12 websites with a mountain of information and support resources that is updated every single day. I spend uh, actually quite a bit of my time every day maintaining all the member websites. So there are focused meditations uh, every week and every weekday. There are jokes so that you can laugh and make dopamine. There are healthy recipe every day. There's an exercise that only takes a couple of minutes, uh, two or three uh, minutes. And, of course, when we move our body, 
we're going to feel a whole lot better each and every day. And then there's mind work. There's ways to facilitate uh, neurological networks, things that I've created uh, that basically invite your body to uh, coordinate the right and left sides of the body doing uh, various uh, memory exercises and clapping and uh, all sorts of things that I've invented that uh, are really helping people not only have fun, uh, but forge new neurological networks. In other words, change the channel to create a new channel so that you are able uh, to move effortlessly, uh, talk eloquently, and to move in your life uh, so that you are indeed fulfilling your life's mission. So those are the uh, main resources we are spending a lot of energy and time updating and providing uh, you with support. You are welcome to connect into each of those. But know also that there's just lots of free resources that are available, as this program has been. And uh, you are most welcome to uh, uh, take advantage of all of that that we have to offer and have had here for the last 14 years. So thanks for connecting in. Again, those of you whose questions I wasn't able to get to will connect in with a, uh, a program later this week. You'll get an announcement in your email about the uh, connection and the date, and we will answer all the remaining questions that have been submitted to you. Thank you to those of you who have submitted your questions. They've been quite rich in terms of really allowing me to think through what I thought might be really useful or helpful to you on your journey down the road to recovery. I'm Robert Rogers, founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004, and it's been a delight for me to connect with each of you today. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are, you guessed it, handsome, and all the children are truly loved. No, and this is really important, the fact that you are listening to this Q&A session today, that you indeed, in your own way, in your own fashion, in your own time, are on the road to recovery. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Thanks for joining me. Good day. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.